Want to know why your interiors or images don't look like the ones you see on your favorite social media feeds? What if I said I could let you know and show you what's missing and how to transform your spaces with clarity and confidence? The truth is creating beautiful interiors is simple when you know the right strategies, but most people go about it the wrong way. This is why I created the Styling Masterclass. It's the only program that simplifies the art and science of styling, giving you the clarity and confidence to take your interiors to the next level and attract your dream customers or clients so you can make your creative dreams finally possible. This is for you if you're an interior designer or photographer, have an Airbnb, a homeware shop or e-commerce business, and you want your interiors to look like the ones you see in your favorite books, magazines or Instagram accounts. Come learn how to style using my signature method so you can elevate any interior and create compelling imagery, which is your most effective marketing tool if you're selling a product or service in the world of interiors. Any successful business owner knows that styling is your secret weapon to cut through the visual noise, stand out from the crowd and grow your business. Styling is something that you don't want to leave to chance. In today's world, images are everything. This is why leading interior designers and architects always use stylists to finesse their spaces for photography to make sure they've got incredible imagery that they can use for their socials and website. Come learn how to make styling not only an essential element, an easy way to create content for your socials and website, but learn how it can propel the growth of your creative business. If you're serious about creating beautiful interiors and a business you love without struggling in obscurity, this is the program for you. I'm going to share my process and give insights that you're not going to get anywhere else because I've been working as a professional interior stylist for the past 15 years. The Styling Masterclass will give you that clarity and confidence you need to take action and connect with your dream customer or client so you can make your creative dreams possible. Go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level to learn more and enroll now. Enrollments are open for only a short time. So please, if you're interested and you're ready to take your interiors to the next level, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash next level. Every day, the choices we make create our imprint the mark we leave through our life and on the world. I'm Natalie Walton and this podcast is for you if you want to make better decisions in your daily life, from how you create and run your home to building a meaningful business and life that you love. If you're interested in living more intentionally and responsibly, come join me and leading creatives, entrepreneurs and experts every week. Together, let's create an imprint worth leaving. Before we start today's episode, I want to share with you something exciting that I've been working on. As you know, I'm a big believer in making our homes the best that they can be, whatever stage we're at on our journey. How we do this is central to my books, This Is Home, The Art of Simple Living, and Still The Slow Home. And so I've turned this 10 steps on how to make a home from my first book into an online workbook that you can apply to your own home. So if you'd really like to create a place that you can love today, then go to nataliewalton.com to receive this free workbook. I hope that you find it helpful and it sets you on the path to creating a home that you truly love. Just go to nataliewalton.com to download the free workbook. Okay, 
back to today's episode. Hello everyone, I hope that you're all well. It's been a little while since I've recorded one of these. I've mentioned in the past that I like to do them in batches and I did a big batch before I launched my course, the Design and Decoration Masterclass. And now it's time to, to record some more episodes. And in between then, I actually put out um, a call out on Instagram for some ideas for a book because I'd been approached by my publisher to create a book and, um, my, you know, like what's my next book? When's, when are they going to see it? Which is really exciting to sort of to be approached in that way. And I put a call out and some of you gave some suggestions, which I loved hearing about. So I will be addressing some of those topic ideas in the next couple of episodes, which I hope that you find interesting and informative and helpful for you on your journey. Today, I'm actually recording this after listening back over the interview with Amy, Amy Olsup, who is in the previous episode. And it really struck me about this idea of embracing the season that you're in. And I think that it's so easy for us to get caught up in what other people are doing or even our own expectations. And this is something that I've had to grapple with a lot over the years because sometimes it can feel like I'm going counter to what other people are doing, or maybe that is just my thoughts in my head. And of course, they're always just thoughts. Um, They're not necessarily the reality, but it's just our own interpretation of something. And you might find that this is something that you get caught up in as well. So today really is a, a permission slip to you to be kind to yourself, whatever season you're currently in. I think one of the the seasons for for lots of women is motherhood. And this is it's obviously a season that I've gone through. I mean, I'm still in it, but those early years when you are your child's everything can feel very overwhelming in terms of trying to carve out time for something that's special or important to you, whether that's your career, whether that's your passions, even when you're kind of in those early days and obviously you're, you're all day, every day with your children, even all night sometimes, and you can't work necessarily. So you're not making as much money as what you might've been doing previously. And, and that means that you're in a different season with your finances as well. So you're kind of having to make do and get by. And, um, I, I say this because I've got, now a 12 year old, all my children are about to have birthdays in the next couple of months. So they're kind of getting on the cusp of the next age up, but I've got a 12 year old who's nearly 13. I've got a a nine and a half year old. I've got a seven year old who's nearly eight and a four year old who's nearly five. So I very much feel like my children are out of that very needy early stage of their life. And one of the benefits of having four children, even though there are times where it's a lot more work in just in terms of laundry. And even this morning, I was kind of, I like to have a bit of a cleanup first thing in the morning after they've all been dropped off at the school bus or, you know, preschool, wherever they're going. And I like to have a quick run around and have a bit of a tidy up And even doing that with four children, there's four bedrooms to kind of quickly go through and make sure that they're, they're all okay. Um, 
I don't go crazy with it, but I'd like to make sure that their beds are made if they haven't made them, that they've packed the pajamas away, that the stuff is off the floor. And just doing something as simple as that is a lot of work with four children. Even you know, the other thing I did was hanging up the laundry. And of course, there's even more sheets to hang up. You know, there's more laundry to pack away. There's more lunch boxes to put in the dishwasher or hand wash, whatever you do. Everything is, you know, magnified by four. And that can take a lot of time. But one of the pluses of having a larger family is that the children do play with each other a lot. They are each other's entertainment. They're someone to hang with. And so being a little bit older means that they're not as dependent upon myself or my husband for someone to play with, for someone to interact with. And um, that obviously is is quite freeing in terms of the amount of time that's required. And I think it's just part of growing older as a child. Certainly my son, he I could definitely notice in this age group of transitioning from 12 to 13, even with his siblings, he's kind of pulling away from them and he's more interested in his own things and his own projects and his mountain bike is everything to him at the moment. So he just wants to ride around the property on his mountain bike. He's building up berms and all these things that I didn't even know what existed or the names and jumps. So he's really kind of carving out his own time. And it's not even that he's just not so much interested in hanging out with me or his dad anymore. It's that he wants to do things independently. My nine and a half year old daughter, she will just happily spend hours and hours reading in her room. And obviously this is a beautiful thing. I love books and it makes me very happy to see her engaging with books in this way. But obviously again, like, you know, she doesn't need me in that sort of all the time daily sense of the word. And um, the other two, they sort of go in waves, but they tend to find ways to entertain themselves, whether it's drawing or just playing with each other, being outside. My youngest son, the five-year-old or almost five, he loves spending time in the garden. He will happily just walk through the veggie garden. He's checking on all the veggies and he just is lost in his own little dreamlike world in the garden, which is just so beautiful to see. It really makes me very happy. So I'm not in that intensive period of motherhood where it's doing all the things all the time. Now, I can say this right now because we're not in school holidays. And when we're in school holidays, it can certainly feel like it is a much more intensive. But um, but just to know that, you know, this period, it's not forever. And it's the same with children. They go through stages. And sometimes when you're in one of those stages, if they are um, not sleeping through the night or they're going through some funny eating stage or they're um, being my my sort of almost five-year-old, he went through a stage of being quite aggressive, which was quite new to me because my eldest son, he's never been like that. Whereas my youngest, he's, I don't know if it's because he is the youngest and he feels he needs to assert himself in other ways. But when you're in one of those stages or the toddler stage or the tantrum stage, it can feel like it's going to be forever. And of course it never is. So just to remember that it's a stage and it will pass, which is a good reminder for all of us in so many elements of our lives. And I was looking over a project that my 12 year old was working on and he had to record the first 12 years of his life and 
sort of talk about the feelings that he was going through through those different stages. So we were going back over photos of the different age groups because it's amazing how quickly you forget. And it really was like this walk down memory lane about all the different stages that he's gone through and how much I was a big part of his life in those earlier years. And it's, it's a really hard transition. I remember specifically with him and then also with my, um, with my nine-year-old daughter that there was this time around six or seven where they really pull away from you and they, they don't need you. And it can be kind of a little bit heartbreaking in some ways when you're used to being their everything for that period and then they start to pull away. And I know with my nine-year-old daughter, they talk about the nine-year crossing, which is one of the, the philosophies and the ideas that they talk a lot about within Waldorf and Steiner education. And I can see that too, that she's really sort of crossing this path to becoming more of a, an adult child rather than a young child. Um, not that she's an adult, but she's, she's really sort of defining herself and experimenting with who she wants to be. And it's, it's really, um, it's kind of, again, it's fascinating to watch a little bit heartbreaking because you can feel them again, pulling away and wanting to assert their independence about cooking meals or, or doing other things or that they just want to be by themselves. But, um, yeah, it is, it's a stage and it will pass this past summer. I had a different kind of season and that was a season of renovating. And when you're in that season of renovating and you have got trades turning up every day, you have to give all your focus and attention to whatever is happening on that work site, on that build site. Um, you have to, you know, you have to be making decisions about all your materials and fixtures and fittings. You have to be really focused on that. Otherwise you will get cost blowouts, you'll get um, time blowouts. So it is a very intensive season. And when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to end. But again, I just want to remind you that it does in fact end and you can get to the end of that. You can get to the finish line and it's a really great feeling. But I know that when you're in the middle of it, it can feel very overwhelming. And also not just in terms of the sort of the mental time that it takes up, and the physical time in your life. But also if you feel that you're in this kind of time zone or frame and that you're not able to kind of socialize with your friends as much as what you might like, that maybe you can't spend as much time with your children as what you might like, that maybe there are other things that become sacrifices during that period of time. Maybe it's exercise or other parts of your life because you have to reach this deadline, you have to get through it. And I think that most of us can relate to that, that there are times in our life where we have to really focus on something and we have to sort of, you know, pull out all stops and we've got to give it everything that we've got to make it happen. And that during that period, we can go through a huge amount of growth, but it means that there's other areas of our life that we have to really release and let go and again, really be kind to ourselves that we're not trying to, to do everything and that it's okay. You know, it's okay that you're perhaps not spending as much time with your, your friends as what you were before, or that you're not organizing as many play dates or whatever it is for you, but that it's okay that this season of renovating of intensive work on your home 
won't last forever. Another time when I experienced this, and some of you might be able to relate, for me, it was actually working my book and writing my book. But for others, you know, it might be a work project that you had, um, even launching a business, something else that you were working on. And it was something that was really important in your life, or it is, maybe this is something that you're going through right now. And I distinctly remember again, that when I was writing my book, that I had to be so focused on that because, you know, I had a deadline, but also I didn't want it to go on forever. And I do think it's good to work on projects where there is a clear start and end line. And when you have that, you know that you can focus on it for that particular period of time. Um, and you know that there is a finish line, that it's not going to be something that goes on forever versus if I just thought, oh, one day, you know, I'd like to write a book or I'm just slowly working on a book, which is fine. And obviously for some of you, that might be something that works, but I definitely thrive better when I'm really focused on something. And I actually will do things like, and I've done this for writing my book. I've done this for when I've gone through periods of writing my course where I will say, okay, I would rather have a weekend where I go away and I stay in an Airbnb or go and stay somewhere because I don't have family locally that I can stay with. On occasion, I have actually driven down to my mum's and stayed there, although she likes to chat. So sometimes that's not actually as productive as what I would like. And um, I would rather have, say, four days where I'm working really intensely on something and I kind of, I get up, and I'm not at home with the children. I realize not everyone can do this, but maybe there's a way that you can work around this. And, you know, cause for us, the, the breakfast time, the dinner time, those events, they're like two hours, two hour bookmarks on either end of the day, which is a lot of time if you're trying to meet a deadline. And so to, to go and stay somewhere and wake up, have a breakfast relatively quickly, like within 10, 15 minutes, and then I'm ready to write. And I will write from, you know, whatever time it is, I might go for a morning walk and say, like, I start writing at 7.30 and I will write till say 10 o'clock at night. And by doing that over four days, that is like trying to achieve the same amount of work over four weeks during a normal daytime. So for me, that really works to have that intensive focus on a particular project. As I said, for me, that works when I'm writing, when I'm creating the content for my courses, Maybe if you do have a renovation coming up and you're trying to work on a master plan for your home, maybe you're better off trying to carve out that time for yourself and doing it intensely over an extended weekend, perhaps, than trying to sort of do it in between everything else over four weeks. Because I've read a lot of research and I've, I've sort of studied a lot about the way that our brain works. And we have a limited amount of brain power. And every time we chop and change the direction of what we're doing and chop and change what we're thinking about, we're using up our brain power. We're using up our decision-making skills and it's incredibly inefficient as a way to work. That is why I record these podcasts in bulk because I'm, I'm in that mindset. I'm in that headspace of making those decisions and thinking about what I'm going to talk about. And even just the flow of 
getting my talking right so I'm not making as many mistakes when I speak. You know, all of that is so much more efficient if I do it in bulk because I'm not having to kind of, you know, wind myself up for it and then I sort of get down and then, okay, now I've got to get everything. Even just in terms of my equipment, I don't have to set up three or four times. So I do try and record these usually about three in a go. And then, you know, I've got those all prepared. Obviously the interviews are a little bit differently because that's working with other people and their timelines. And, um, but that's certainly something that I think about when I'm recording the, the sort of the individual solo episodes, how can I be more efficient and effective with how I do this? And then even the sort of the, the other end of producing it, which is, okay, well, which images am I going to put with this podcast? And, you know, which, um, getting the intro and all of those things, packaging it all together. So then it's all done. And then I don't need to think about it for the next few weeks, which is, is really then gives me the opportunity to focus on something else. So certainly for me, I find that a really effective and efficient way to work. And that could relate to other things. If you've got perhaps a, um, a small business or an interior design, a service that you offer or a styling service, that could be something that you do with your social media posts and really batching your content in terms of shooting your projects or styling your home or styling your products, whatever it is. And obviously doing the photography, doing a big you know, day of that or one or two days where you're taking photos around your home that you're going to share. And then even just planning it on apps. I use Plannerly for some of my posts and, um, do do it in that way. And then you really, even just writing the captions so that you're in that headspace about well, what am I going to share about this? What, what am I going to talk about? And it really getting yourself in that head zone and that sort of that frame of mind is, is really so much more efficient. And I do think that it actually creates better results because you're really thinking about solutions and you're you're thinking about how you can help people or what you want to share with people, what's most important to share with them, all of those things. Like you're in that flow and to be in that creative sense of flow is, um, is really powerful. If you have, um, if you haven't read the word, the book grit, I highly recommend it. And she talks about this, that the people who actually are very successful at what they do, they um, obviously they have the determination, they work through things, but then they're able to get through to that sense of flow. And that is, is really powerful. So that's something that I would highly recommend you, you either read or I listened to it as an audio book a few years ago. And it's one of those books that's really stayed with me. I've more recently been in the season of building a business and all of the things that that entails. And that is something that, um, again, like it's, it's an intensive period. The business is growing at the moment, which is very exciting. And I'm having to learn all sorts of things. So I'm consuming lots of business podcasts and reading business books because I want to do it well. I want to have a, a team, a happy team, and that we work well together. And it's a beautiful energy with the people that work and, and how you can build that and how you can build a business effectively and efficiently, because I don't want it to take over my life and, and how to, you know, work on all the right things in a business. And that's something that I've been really focused on this past year. And, um, again, that's the season for me where 
There are times where I've got friends who are, you know, meeting up for coffee all the time or going for surfs or doing other things. And I, I just don't have the time right now in my life to, to do those things. And I know that this season won't be forever and there will be opportunities to do that. So today I just wanted to give you a, a permission slip to be kind to yourself, whatever season that you're in, and to know that it won't last, that everything in life is a stage. And as I said, for me, what works really well is to be really focused in a particular season and give myself the time to that, but then also have, you know, rest seasons and times where there is more downtime. And that's certainly definitely something that happened to me last year was that I would work intensively for a period and then I would have um, periods where my husband and I would go surfing every week, a few times a week. And there were lots of things that I was doing and building in more of those social interactions and play dates and all the things, you know, that are more, I guess, um, conducive towards community and relationship building. And any season is something that you can choose and you can choose to go with the ebb and flow as well and know that nothing is forever and, and that if it's okay to make something a priority in your life right now, or it's okay that to know that, you know, you're, you're happy with where you're at. So just embrace it. I hope that this helps you wherever you're at on your journey at the moment. And I would love to hear from you about what season you're in and, and how you're, you're embracing it or not what struggles you're having. So send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, have a great week. All of the links and info you need to access for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunchalong Nation where it was recorded. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Imprint.